This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. I've been feeling this on my heart for a while. I've been stirring, uh, I've just been in the Bible reading about the life of Elisha and Elijah, and just so many things are stirring in my heart. And I've been working on this sermon, even though I didn't know I was going to preach today, for probably like a month, and I want to preach on the double portion anointing this morning. And I think it's something that we're coming into as a body. I think greater days are ahead. I don't see the world the way that others see the world. I think like the greatest harvest of souls that we've ever seen is coming. I feel like greater days are ahead. The Lord is purifying his bride. He's fine-tuning things. He's stripping away the things that we don't need in our life. He's stripping down the idols that we put in our life and greater days are coming. And I remember uh, a couple years ago, I was watching Michael, he was ministering overseas, and I was just kind of having a moment. I got a little emotional, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, how is it that you've been so good to me, Jesus, that I grew up seeing my family walk in this, and now I'm getting to see my family, me and Michael and our children walk in this. Lord, how is it that you've been so good to me? Most people don't get to see anything in a lifetime like this. And I heard the Holy Spirit say so clearly, it's the double portion anointing. And that's not just for us, that's for all of us, because God is going to do great things. And I want to get into the text a little bit and just share. And I pray that uh, by the end of this, this will inspire all of you, number one, to go after Jesus like never before. This is not the time to turn it down. This is the time to turn it up and intensify what God is doing. And yes, there are crazy days ahead in the world. Things are crazy. I mean, everything is going crazy. But with Jesus on the throne, it's all going to be okay. He's still on the throne. He's in control. And great, great, great days are ahead. Do you guys believe that? All right. Let's go to Second Kings 2, 1 through 10. I'm going to be reading from New Living Translation, but read along with whatever translation you have. It's going to be a lot of scripture, so stick with me, but it's good stuff. It says, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elijah, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elijah replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel and the group of prophets from Bethel came to Elijah and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elijah answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. Listen to the persistence in Elisha. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then a group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? 
Of course I know, Elijah answered, but be quiet about it. Don't you love that? Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. They were just taking all kinds of territory, huh? But again, Elisha replied, as sure as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided, and on the two of them, then the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, now he says it, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elijah replied, listen to this, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. As we just read, Elisha was persistent about not leaving Elijah. If you want to walk into what God has called you to walk into, you have to be persistent. People typically give up right before their greatest breakthrough. Right before God is about to do the greatest breakthrough you've ever seen in your life, that's when the enemy comes in with so many silly things, exhaustion, uh, doubt, self-doubt, all these things. We see it all the time, and that's when he steals what God is about to give you. Do not give up. Please, God has a call on your life. He has a purpose for you. He has a destiny for you and your family. And your family. So this is how the enemy works. And, and Elisha was so wise to know, no, I'm not giving up. I don't care. I'm clinging to the call of God on my life. Where you go, I will go also. Remember, we talked about this with member Ruth as well. She was persistent like that as well. Remember? She changed everything. And here he would not leave his side. But how many times was he told, no, stay here. We just read it. No, I'm going with you. If God has spoken to you, hold on to that calling with all your might. Don't let anything or anyone cause you to let it go. Elijah, this is just my opinion, for all we know, could have been testing Elisha. A lot of leaders do that, right? Testing his heart. Do you really want it? Are you really hungry? Are you willing to keep coming? Are you willing to go? Are you willing to take the next step? And Elisha passed the test. He passed the test. Anything worth having will require deep sacrifice, but so few are willing to pay the price. Nothing good in your life is going to come easy. I promise you. That's in the Christian life. That's just life. In general, anything worth having is worth fighting for. And if you're not willing to fight and pay the price, you're not going to walk into what it is that God has called you to walk into. That's why I love this. this he was persevering. The persistence was a beautiful thing. Again, we give up when things get hard, but what you should do is just keep walking and yielding, walking and yielding, walking and trusting. Just keep going. Something punches you in the gut, you just keep going. Man, we know that. I mean, life always throws stuff at you, but what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and sit in your sorrow and feel like the Lord left you? Or are you going to keep taking another step every single day? Take a step. It's your choice. Are you going to do it? The Lord is saying, come follow me. Even when times get tough, he's still faithful. He's still faithful. He's so good and so true. 
Elijah was aware if he gave up on the process, listen to this, too early, he would not receive the double portion. Elijah doesn't follow Elijah, no double portion. It wouldn't have happened unless if he kept going with tenacity, with perseverance, going after what God had called him unto. There's many people that God has already spoken a call uh, on your life. You have prophetic words, maybe from family, grandparents, your pastors, your leaders, but God is waiting on you to step into your destiny. He's waiting on you to walk into what is yours, but you have to take a step. This kind of anointing will not fall in your lap. You have to be found faithful to step into this. Finally, when Elijah saw he wasn't leaving, he asked him, what is it you want from me? See, now Elisha can be trusted. I love this. Elijah was not afraid to ask for big things from the Lord. Let's go to 2 Kings 2, 10 through 11. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied, If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly, that always means something good is about to happen in the Bible. Suddenly, a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two of them, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine? And I'm going to get into this here in a moment, but if the Lord has let you experience and taste something, that's not to tease you. It's because he's going to do something great in your life as well. He exposes us to things that make us, that should make us go, I got to have that. I want to taste that. That makes me more hungry. See, testimonies mean do it again, Lord. So when we share testimonies of what God has done in our own life, Did God set you free? Yes. Then share it with everybody you come in contact with. Did God save you? Yes. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell everybody that you know, your children, because that's saying, God, do it again. It should provoke you in the most holy way to go after more. When this happened, Elisha, listen to this part, knew it was time to step into his office. Let's go to 2 Kings 2, 12 through 15. Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, I see the chariots, the charioteurs of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elijah tore his clothes in distress. Elijah picked up that there's something on that picking up. He picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. Who was just at the Jordan River a moment ago? Elijah, right? He went back. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elijah went across. 
When the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what happened, they exclaimed, exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rest upon Elijah. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. So many things about that. No identity issues here, okay? He knew what it was time to step into. He picked up the call of God for his life. He stepped into the office, the authority that the Lord had given him. He walked out faithfully. And it says here that the prophet saw this happen. So when God has appointed you and anointed you, you don't have to worry about what God is going to do. He's going to make space for you and room for you. He's going to make it known that his mantle, his anointing rests on your life. You don't have to tell people about it. It's who you are. It's who you are. So here they all see this. And now the prophets say, Elijah's spirit rests upon Elisha. And they went to meet him. This is what Michael said, so this is not my own. We were talking about this last night. He, he said, Elisha saw double the miracles as Elijah. If it's false, you can just talk to him. I'm joking. But it's true. Double a portion, double anointing, more increase. Do you understand that's how it's supposed to go? There's not supposed to be decrease in the next generation. There's supposed to be increase, more salvations, more healings, more people set free, more people with chains broken off of them. The more. Your kids should see the more. Our Jesus School students in the room, you should see more than Michael and I have ever seen, not less. That is the way of the Father. But again, it's not going to fall in your lap. There's, there's so many things that play a part. There's honor. There's a, a heart of a servant. Elisha was a servant. We're going to get into that in a moment. But he picked up the call of God that he had for his life, and he walked in it instantly, right away, didn't wait. When God has called you, it's not time to sit around and sulk and wait and go, when, Lord, when? He's waiting on you to get up and walk. He's waiting on you to get up and walk into the call of God that he has already spoken over your life. Couple things. God uses him in similar ways. Elisha. Elisha raised the dead. Remember when he raised the boy of the widow? Didn't Elijah as well raise the boy of a widow as well? What you've been exposed to, you will walk into that in greater measure. The Lord doesn't tease us like I just said. Things are caught, not taught. We tell that to our students at Jesus School all the time. No one taught Michael and I how to pray for the sick. No one taught us how to do altar calls. No one taught us even how to preach. It was caught. Do you understand? I remember a pastor once said to Michael and I when we were young and just, you know, in our 20s, just wondering, one day will God ever use us? And he said, the Lord doesn't tease his children. You have not been exposed to the things that you've been exposed to just to be teased and never step into it. One day you will step into it. But again, we had to step in. We had to walk in faith. It did not, this did not fall in our lap. I can promise you that. Did not, everything has been a fight. It's almost been like swimming upstream to be honest with you, but it's so worth it and I'll never stop. I want to know Jesus in a deep way, in a holy way. I want to see the world come to know him. I want to see the nations come to know him. That is what I want. And if we have to spend our whole life trying, 
getting down and back up again and getting knocked down and back up again. That is what we're going to do because it is the price we pay as Christians and we should all be willing to pay the price. What else do we know about Elijah? Elijah was a hard worker. When Elijah found Elisha, he was plowing a field. Remember? Go to 1 Kings 19.19. 19. It says, so Elijah went out and found Elisha plowing a field. How many of you guys know plowing a field is hard work? Yeah. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Again, sometimes I just think, could you imagine the scene? Like, if we just read this stuff, like, so, like, oh, cool. But I'm like, just imagine being Elisha, knowing who Elisha is, and he walks over to you as you're plowing, which speaks of prayer, which is getting your hands dirty, plowing for the Lord, and comes and just throws his cloak over him. Amen. Gosh, God's going to do that in you as well. He's going to throw his presence, his glory, but you're going to have to work. We know this, Elijah left all for the call of God on his life. And listen to this, and Elijah didn't let him take the easy way out. He knew if Elijah was to serve him faithfully, he would have to leave everything. He didn't pacify him in that moment. He didn't tell him, oh, poor little baby, whatever we can do for you, let's, let's try. He was like, nope, leave it all, because that's the Christian life death to self, true surrender, giving up everything to follow Jesus, loving him with all of your heart. That's what it takes. And I love that Elijah was the kind of leader that said, yeah, that's what it's going to take. Leave it all. Follow Jesus. Don't look back. Never look back. Come on. We have a place to go. Follow him. And leaders, we could all learn from that. That's why it's so important that we don't water down the price that we need to pay as Christians. We can't water down the gospel. We can't water down what it means to live a Christian life. It's the most beautiful, rewarding thing in the world, but it will cost you everything. It will cost you everything, but the reward is so worth it. In 1 Kings 19, 21, you don't have to uh, turn there for the sake of time, but we, we see that Elisha, as soon as the Lord called him, what did he do? He gave an offering to the Lord. That speaks of so many things. Of course, as Michael just talked about giving to the Lord, it's, it's something that we get the honor to do, right, as Christians. But it also speaks of a thankful, obedient heart. You lose gratitude, you lose it all. You lose a thankful heart, you lose it all. Because once you lose gratitude, what comes in? Bitterness, offense, selfishness, all the things. But here, 
in that moment, Elisha could have gone, oh my God, I have to leave it all. Of course that was painful. I'm sure it was. But what does he do in that moment? He goes, I'm going to give an offering to the Lord. I'm going to give of myself even more. Not only am I laying my life down, leaving my family, leaving all I know, now I'm going to give an offering, a sacrificial offering to the Lord. And I'm, that shows a heart of thankfulness. If God has called you, be thankful that he is trusting you. If he has called you to be a mother, be thankful that he has called you to be the best mom and wife that you can be. If he's called you to be in a business and he's trusting you in business, do it with all of your heart. Whatever God has called you to do and trusted you with, have a heart of gratitude. Offense won't come in if you keep a thankful heart. I promise you that. He was a servant, like we just talked about. He served Elijah faithfully. And what Elijah carried got on him. Serving is the lowly way and the humble route. This shows the Lord you can be trusted. If you're not willing to be a servant, how can God trust you? If you make it all about you, how can you be trusted with the more? Was Jesus a servant? Yes. He was the greatest servant ever. He washed his disciples' feet. He was lowly, humble, meek. That's, that's our example. That's our example. So he was a servant. Also, I'm not going to speak on Jezebel. I'm not going to get into a Jezebel sermon. Sorry, all you women. Um, but God used them together to defeat Jezebel. Think of this for a moment. It was Elisha who anointed Jehu, who killed Jezebel and destroyed the family of Ahab. What Elijah prophesied was fulfilled through Elisha. That amazes me, by the way. Elijah, remember this? Go back to Elijah. At a certain time, felt defeated by that spirit. Do you remember that? Remember, after he had great breakthrough and victory, he got defeated by that Jezebel spirit. He felt alone. He felt like giving up. We're going to go to that in a moment. And then Elisha, all these years later, he walks in and fulfills the prophecy that Elijah gave. Elijah, he ran. He felt like giving up. That spirit will always make you feel like quitting. In 1 Kings 19, 1 through 5, can we turn there real quick? 1 Kings 19, 1 through 5. I might read it quick and skip around for the sake of time. But it says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Listen to this. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. You go back just a couple scriptures back. Elijah is not one to be afraid and running. But now he's running. Elijah was afraid. He fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a tree and prayed that he might die. Do you think it got pretty bad for him? Uh, yeah. Prayed that he might die. 
See, that spirit is a liar. That's, I'll say that again. That spirit is a liar. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. That speaks of exhaustion. That spirit will always make it seem worse than it really is. It will always make you feel exhausted and defeated and like giving up. Again, this happened after a great victory. When Elijah felt all alone and helpless, even though there were more prophets among him, he told the Lord he was the only one left. Do you remember that? He said, it's only me. And the Lord said, no, there's many others. Again, that spirit that comes after us at times makes you feel like you're walking in something all alone. But when there's, more, there's so many more with you, you're not alone. You're not defeated. There's so many more. But let's talk about how that spirit was defeated. People coming together, that defeated that Jezebel spirit. Just like a Jezebel always needs an Ahab, an agreement, the thing that destroys the work of the enemy are people coming together and standing up against it. Remember Jehu said, remember that portion who is with me when he was going after Ahab's family and he saw Jezebel sitting in the window painting her eyes which speaks of so many things. I'm not going to get into that right now. And two or three eunuchs were by her. Remember, and Jehu said, throw her down. And what did they do? They did. The power of agreement. Defeating her was not as hard as it seems. When I read that passage, I think it was so easy. All it took was a little agreement. All it took was somebody that was bold like Elisha to step into his office, step into who God has called him to be, and to see people that agreed with him and they defeated the enemy's plan. First John 4, 4 says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You have nothing to fear if you're walking with Jesus. You have nothing to fear. Yeah, you can clap for that. He is with you. He is greater than anything that you will ever face, but you have to cling to the cross. You have to cling. You have to stay close to Jesus. I know we say this all the time here, but you have to fellowship with him every day. Every day, Jess, every single day. This life is hard enough on its own. If you don't fellowship with Jesus, you are just going to get destroyed. You have to read your Bible every single day. Elijah was a man of his presence. I'm going to close with this portion. Go to 2 Kings 3.15. It says, Now bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power, in Hebrew that actually means the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Don't you love that? So next time that you see us ask for instruments up here, yeah, Elijah did it too. There's something beautiful, but he was, what does that speak to? He was a man of the presence of the Lord. He loved the presence of the Lord. And again, in Hebrew, that means the hand of the Lord came upon him. Then he began to prophesy. This was back when there was war between Israel and Moab. And we all need the hand of the Lord to guide us. Amen. People who do great things for the Lord are people of his presence. 
no fellowship, no authority, no intimacy, no harvest, no plowing, no reward, no reward. And I want to close with this. And I, I, this, this passage provoked me. I feel like I'm preaching to myself. This is why I've been in this passage for so long. Go after Jesus. Don't look back. He has called you to be a faithful servant, a faithful, humble, lowly servant after the Lord. Let nothing take the call of God from your life. People are turning away right now from the Lord in record numbers. Why? They're not clinging to the cross right now. They're not clinging to the master. They're giving up on their assignments right before their greatest breakthrough. And I don't want that for us. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life everywhere.